turn to the book of Matthew. No, Mark. It says, Then he, Jesus, said to them, Do you not understand this parable? So we've talked about this parable already on the first couple of weeks. Is the parable of the sower who went out to sow the seed. So this is his explanation of it. And I want to, we talked about a little bit of it, but I want to talk about the different types of hearts tonight. He says, how then will you understand all the parables? Now, keep that up. Let me give you just some, you can go back to the next one. Let me give you just some exegesis. And if you don't know it, when preachers use big stupid words that don't make any sense in our everyday language, exegesis means you take a scripture and it's like pulling well out of a water. So I give you a scripture and the Holy Spirit pulls from it more. Does that make sense? It's, it's, and that's what I want to give you here. Most of the parables you read in the Bible, as crazy as this is, Jesus gave them the last week of his life. It's like he knew that he had one last week left. And you're, some of you are like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I can prove it. He knew that he had a limited time. The Tuesday before, it's clear, he stayed in the temple from day until night teaching. And so these parables that you're reading, and then you'll see when he's done with them, he walks past the fig tree and it doesn't have any fruit on it. He curses the fig tree and they go on on Wednesday and they back come around it. It's gone. And there's something huge going on there. He, the, the fig tree is completely gone. It had its leaves. And what he was telling them and showing the disciples is that all those parables and his word that is so serious that if they don't hear his word and have fruit, they just have leaves. I'm scared a lot of Christians just have leaves. They look like a Christian, just like it looked like a fig tree. But when you get down through the leaves, there's no fruit. And he cursed it to let them know how serious it was when he give, gave his word that we act on it, we obey it. Amen? So he says the sower sows the word. These are those beside the path. King James, my whole life I read, it's called the wayside. But path gives you so much better of an understanding what it is because it was just that. It was the path. So let's before, keep that up. We're just going to go through the scripture by scripture till we end. Let's pray real quick, okay? Father, we thank you for everything that you've given us. We thank you for your word. God, if you don't help me tonight, I'm not going to make it. I need you, Jesus. People didn't come to hear from me, Lord. We came to hear from you and you to change us and challenge us to grow closer. Lord, as we heard in the song tonight, we pray set a fire in us that we cannot contain or control just for more of you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. So the path would be like this. Say these two middle sections are the field. Of course, you would know they were a lot bigger. Well, you don't want to walk over the crop you just planted to get to say I'm where Sierra is. I don't go straight through there. I'm going to walk around my crop and I'm going to make sure to go just as much as little as I can. I grew up with places where the lady that babysits had a garden. Jessica can tell you, you did not walk on that tilled garden with the seed or you got tore up from the floor up. You didn't stomp and compact it. So why? Because they knew if we ran on it and compacted it, it would never give fruit. It would never grow. So, he see, so they completely understand this. And so he says, okay, so there's a, there's a path around the good fruit. 
And, and that path is hard and that path is packed down. And, and we talked, this is the only soul we talked about um, a couple weeks ago. When, when people hear Satan comes and takes the word which was sown in their heart. Keep that up. So if you're here tonight and your heart, this is why we have to talk. We've talked about hearing the word. We've talked about reading the word. I really feel like a lot of people have taken it serious. And I think you're challenging yourself and asking God to help you read more and pray more. Now we got to make sure that that reading and that praying and that meditating on scripture falls on good ground. I've heard so many sermons on the four souls and we rush, we, we pound the first three and then we rush through the fourth one. So I'm just going to stop real quick and say the fourth one should encourage everybody in here. If you'll let the Lord make your heart right, he will give you 30, 60 and 100 fold blessing in your life. And the blessing might not even be financial, but I don't know how God can bless you with his word and it not help you financially. If you know how to be a steward of God's money and he teaches you in Proverbs, there will be blessings that come from serving God. There has to be. Amen. And the other blessing that we always don't want to talk about is the blessing of his presence, the blessing of not being in jail or in hell, the blessings of keeping his commandments. I was reading Proverbs today and I was thinking, if this church alone read the Proverbs every single day, there's 31 Proverbs and read the Proverbs one a day every month. We would look, act, talk like a totally different congregation, myself included. He talks about in Proverbs 7, about a, he stands at his garden and he watches a young man wander into this woman's house and she kisses on him and she loves on him. And you're like, well, that's warning young guys against adultery and, and sexual sin. Sure it is on the, the surface. This is why, but... The, the harlot in there is sin. And the young man represents mankind. And if you are not living intentionally and your seed is hard and your heart is hard and you're not taking the principles of God and getting them in you, you're just living life, you are going to run into every sin known to man. From covetousness, we don't even preach about covetousness anymore. It's wrong to covet your neighbor's things. Wish I had a better house. You know what you just told God? I do not believe that you've blessed me. Oh, give thanks in all things, which is the will of God concerning you. Covetness. Hey, I fought it. If you don't fight it, I don't think you're breathing. But the, the difference is that's not an excuse not to overcome it. Our life is Jesus. Jesus had to fight it. Why are you storing up treasures here? Lay up treasures up there. What you do for the eternal. Don't covet things down here. They're temporary. Peter says it this way. Knowing that everything will pass in fervent fire. What manner of man or woman should you be in all holy conversation? Now how did I quote that to you? It's the word of God. What we're talking about tonight. If you don't get these scriptures down in your heart and take this serious, you're going to be like that young man. You, I'm telling you, I beg you, read Proverbs 7 tonight. And if you're a female, don't read it about guys committing adultery. Read it as in the harlot is sin. And the wise man who's done all diligence and kept his heart and has studied the law of God says, I behold a man, he had no idea he was walking like a calf to slaughter. She kissed him. Sin will kiss you. 
Man, it'll feel good. It'll be whatever you want to do, you just do it. Feels good, that's our generation. And then it says, but then it'll be like an arrow through your liver. You're dead. Sin will kill you. See, if we're not reading these things, we're not on guard. I'm serious, y'all. There, there's a gospel that's going out that sounds so good that almost feel, makes you feel like you have an entitled life to have no problems, no struggle, that everything's going to be easy. If All you got to do is serve Jesus and everything's going to be fine. It, it doesn't work. You, you, you've got to look. What is the hard ground? Bitterness. I'll tell you one that's even harder than that. Resisting the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to watch those kind of movies anymore. They grieve me. You got a choice right there. You can yield to him and ask him to help you or you can disobey him and become hard. Oh, y'all are all looking around. Who's all the bitter people? No, no, no. Look in the mirror and say, who's the disobedient person? That time when he says, I need you to come pray. But you know, really, I got this going on. Boy, everybody in this room right now could write down their list that they think is a legitimate excuse they give God that before God will not, it'll burn like fire. It'll be like, hey, who said that? The Bible. Paul wrote that. Your, your whole, your, the Bible discerns your thoughts and the intent of your heart. It'll tell you how many people in the Bible thought they were fooling God by looking one way. Saul. Hey, Samuel says, what are, what are these sheep doing? I thought you were supposed to kill everything. Oh, they were for sacrificing to God. Oh, we, I'm not looking bad at Saul. I can look at my life and see how many times I tried to put a holy spin on something that was unholy. He said, oh, I got to give you a little bit of a word. The word is this. Obedience is better than any sacrifice. Oh, how does my heart hard, Lord? Oh, it's because you disobey me so much. Are you mad at me? No. We'll read Friday night what he took to take that wrath. He's laid the wrath on Jesus. Now, there's a day where you can miss it, and the wrath will be laid on you, and it'll be like anything, unlike anything you've seen or heard. Hollywood can't touch what's coming on planet Earth. The Bible says that every mountain will be flat. You think people weeped over a cathedral burning in Europe? Wait till everything's flat. We've lost 800 years of history. We've lost thousands of years of history. You're going to lose it all because there's a new history that we're living for. I'm not saying disrespect art and all that. If you want to do all that, fine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't get so... More people posted about, they couldn't even tell you what city it's in. I wanted to say that the other day, but I didn't. They don't even know enough history. They, they wept about it. And I thought, these are believers. They're not weeping about their neighbor. Their neighbor's going to burn in hell if he don't know Jesus. But we are moved. And listen, there's nothing wrong with posting that. I'm glad people did so I can know what's going on. I felt so sorry for that city. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm saying if we're not careful, we get so hard. We will miss the things of God and we'll be tender to the things that really at the end don't matter. 
So you got to make sure, listen, it's easy to talk about bitterness. If you have grown up in a family that is dysfunctional in ways, then it is your responsibility to handle it. There's no all that's going to heal it. I wish there was. It can start when we pray, and I believe in prayer. And it can start something, but it is your job how you possess your vessel. I had daddy issues, never realized it till John Loper preached one time about his daddy issues. And for the next year, it was miserable tilling up my daddy issues. I could not settle them. Everything I did, I love people telling us, man, y'all's youth camp's doing things thousand member churches are doing. Y'all are blowing it out. It wasn't even for the kids. I convinced myself it was. You think that's easy to tell y'all? That was years ago. I don't care what you think about me. I let God deal with it. I never thought my dad was proud of me. So I worked super hard to hear people say, man, that's a good job. Man, you're doing great. And you know what it did? It wore me out and it put my affection in the wrong places because those same people that say Hosanna will be saying crucify him the next week. You put your hope in trying to get the pleasure of somebody. I see women marry these old dirty rascals because they're just, oh, he's finally showing me. Somebody finally showed me some attention. Well, first of all, you got to deal with that because God's got somebody out there for you that's better than a dirty rascal. Amen. You got to get rid of it. If you've got resentment towards your parents, you've got to let the love of God work in your life. And it's not just going to be like, let it work, Lord. <laughs> How easy would that be? No, no, no. It's going to be reading 1 Corinthians 13. And it's not going to be for a magnet on a refrigerator. It's going to be reading love is kind. Love is gentle. It's long-suffering. Love does not have any reason you can't beat love. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Love, the fulfillment of the law. You gotta dig it out. If you've got a hard heart tonight, you gotta dig it up. When they were laying this, these rose bushes around the thing, he got that tiller, he got into that hard ground, and he tilled it up. It did not look fun. I was glad it was him, and I was sitting at a computer doing this when I came by here Monday early. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. Now when I achieve things, I give the glory to where it belongs. It's easy. Now I don't have a problem when somebody has something better than me. Because, see, when you have daddy issues and somebody else gets some credit or some recognition, you don't, some of you are sitting here and you're like as clueless as me and Andrew Polk were that night. He looked over at me and I looked over at him and I was like, John Loper just answered the whole question I've been asking God for years. What is wrong with me? I didn't even know. Some of you are sitting there going, I don't even know. I don't even get happy when other people get happy. Well, you know, the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. I was scared to show some people my house because I was scared they were going to sin. I really was. I was like, I don't know if they need to see it because what they're going to be thinking is what they don't have and they don't realize that it don't matter what you have. It's yours. Enjoy it. Don't trip up over somebody's blessing. And then you can take my house and put it 16 times in other people's house. Good for them. 
You got no mansion? I live in a garden home. You can touch the next neighbor. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If you've got those issues, you got to work them out. If you can't, when somebody gets, listen, when somebody gets something nice, if you can't praise them, if you can't really mean it, you've got an issue that you need to let the Holy Spirit dig out. Well, they always tell her she's pretty and nobody tells me I'm pretty. <laughs> Get that issue out. Get it out. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, now I can honestly tell you, I don't have any issues with that. I told Bethany, when other girls go, like when we go on trips, other girls are like, man, there's going to be skinny girls there and there's going to be this. And I'm like, I'm always the fattest guy that never crosses my mind. <laughs> That's not my struggle. I don't care if Arnold Schwarzenegger's out there. I'm going to be right beside him. I don't care. That wasn't my deal. It could be your deal and it's not really funny to you. You've got to work it out. You've got to learn how to tell others you're beautiful. Come on. Man, I knew that this was the right place. You guys are receiving this tonight. It'll change you. People will like you when you build them up. If you've got daddy issues going on inside, you won't build jack squad. You won't praise anybody. You know what you'll do? When they get something nice said about them, you'll tear them down. You won't even know why you tore them down. I was sitting there, I'm telling y'all, in the front row, and John was teaching. It's still up. You need to go. If you have a daddy issue, you need to go listen to it. It tore me. You can ask Bethany. It tore me to shreds. It was painful because you had to do this. And some of you women have never done this, so it's going to be new for you. So loosen up your jaws. And you have to say, I was wrong. Yeah. Some of y'all hadn't said it. Some of y'all are going to take it to your grave before you say it. Sorry. You have to say it to God. No, no, no. That, that was true. I wasn't doing summer camp anymore for kids. Somewhere in there, I was doing it for me. It's ugly. And it didn't come out smooth like that. I tried to divert it in my mind. I tried to blame. No, I'm, look at the souls that it touched, Lord. I'll never forget this first summer camp that I actually went to summer camp for the kids. Because when I first got here and it started growing, I did everything for the kids. You know why we started doing great summer camps? I started hearing kids tell me they've never been out of Birmingham. They've never been to Gatlinburg. They've never been to the beach. And I was like, well, if they can't go there because we were poor back then, I, we had to pray and fast for the lights to be paid. I said, I'm going to at least give them a summer camp that's going to blow their mind. It started innocent. And it got to somewhere real weird because those daddy issues my whole life crept up. Some of you are tripped up over them. Get over it. The Lord will help you. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge. I don't like when other girls get bragged on. Tell him he already knows. I've seen guys before. I've been on the girls kind of hard tonight, so I'm going to back off. Still, some of you girls need to work on saying I was wrong. It'll heal your marriage. I've seen guys before. Guys get cars. Don't get me started on cars. Guys will get another car. And there's some guys that, that go up and they celebrate. 
And there's some guys that are like, oh, that's a crappy whatever. <laughs> that's, it, it's, it's, it's in all forms. I, that's why I love telling Dale about all the good things I have. Because he's always like, that's incredible. And I'm like, dude, this guy gets it. <laughs> he wouldn't care if I bought a moped. He'd probably tell me I need two, one for each leg. But <laughs> Listen to me. When I was in my office tonight, I love everybody in here for real. Like, it's not just saying, I want you to be blessed. My life changed. That night, my life changed. God could give me a lot more things because I never took the glory from it. He could use me in ways that he could have never used me before. Some of you, you are holding you back. I want this ministry, Lord. You can't go there until you can give him the glory. You can't go there. Listen, a lot of people have never passed up the part of me. I had somebody text me this week and they compared me to another preacher in the text. And I guess they thought it was a nice compliment, but I took it personal. But they were like, so-and-so is so sweet and kind and they're laid back and they don't get anything done at their church. But man, thank God you're a go-getter and you get everything done. I was like, there was no sweet or kind. Or no. I was like, I don't know how much of a compliment that was. And some people know me right now and some people know you. As you change, who cares if they see it? I'll be honest with you. That was the next step of my trip up. God started changing me. God started making me nice. I'm not nice all the time. I promise I'm not. But he started changing me. And I was like, nobody sees this? Aaron and Timmy hung the electronic drums up down to camp the way I told them not to. And they broke it. An expensive part. And I walked in and it was, the, I saw it in Timmy and Aaron's eyes. They were like, uh, we didn't tell you something. Uh, we didn't do what you said and we broke it. And I said, it's just a piece of rubber. We'll fix it. And I realized then, and I saw it in their eyes. They realized something's different. Something's changed. It, you can, it's, I'm, I, don't, I know I'm talking about me a lot. And I usually tell preachers don't do that. I don't have any other thing to talk about tonight. I've seen God firsthand, if you'll get in his word, change your life. Amen? I heard somebody tell me recently, and it bothered me, not in a bad way. It bothered me for them. They felt hopeless, like could they ever change the person that they were born, and they know their faults, and can they ever change? And when I heard it, I was like, God, I used to feel that way, but I know you can change us. I know, but you've got to give me something to tell them. And he just spoke to me and said, once again, the word, John, the son of thunder, listen to me. He calls himself, anybody want to tell me? The beloved. Oh, he goes farther than that. Listen to me. This jumped off the page at me when I was thinking about that situation. He writes twice the disciple that Jesus loved. And I thought, is he being cocky? No, he's writing the Bible. He didn't believe that God could take the son of thunder and change him to the one he loved. So he kept writing it for him. Oh, he loves me. 
Oh, I believe it now, Lord. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Oh, my temper. Oh, my whatever your sin is, you can believe it. He had to write it out again and again. I'm the one he loves. He loves me. That revelation, when you get it, that he loves you and that he's for you, it does not lead to a lifestyle of flippant sin. Most people that live in sin have no clue of his love. They, they talk it. They talk cheap grace. But when you get the revelation he's for you, he's going to bless you in spite of you. John was like, man, I just asked just a few chapters over in the Bible for God to kill all these people, women and children. He was terrible. And he had to keep writing, I'm the one he loves. I'm the one he loves. Go read it again for yourself. Don't listen. That's why some of y'all are so bored with the Bible. You're getting my rendition of it. Go read it and you'll get that revelation. He had to keep reminding himself, yes, I had a temper. Yes, I was a son of thunder. Some of you have some all kind of problems. You, it doesn't matter. You can be the beloved. You can be the tender disciple. You got to get the hard places out. Are we cool with that? Y'all had no idea we were going to stay here so long, but I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. We got to get the hard places we got to talk to him about the hard places. When you read something that's not you, James said, one of my favorite sermons was a friend of mine preached. He, took, he brought a big mirror in here, and he did this. And he was like, James says that if you look in the perfect law of liberty and you walk away and forget who you were, see, you can't work on it. You can't work on it. He was like, but look in this. When you see where you're not, that's where you need to stop and pray. Most people are so fascinated with reading programs. Somebody asked me the other day, an, an adult that was, that's older than my parents sent me a private message and said, I don't know how to read. I heard your sermon Sunday morning. I need to learn how to read. And I said, well, I'm not a plan reader. So if you want to do a plan, what I say you do is start in Ephesians because you're going to get some really cool stuff from Ephesians. Read to Jude. Don't read Revelation. Do not read Revelation. Don't read it. If y'all are interested in Revelation, we'll come in here on Wednesday nights and Friday nights or whenever and we'll break it down. There is so much literal and figuratively in Revelation. You will think figurative things are literal and literal things are... You will be so confused. So read to Jude. Okay, those are great. They're called the epistles. Actually starts with, I think, Romans goes through. But start with Ephesians. Go back and then read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then Psalms, Proverbs. I would do that for forever if I just wanted a plan. I'm not a plan guy. I'm more of a read where God leads. And sometimes he's not leading. It doesn't feel like... And you're just reading because you're supposed to. And there's nothing wrong with that. If I waited to every time I got goosebumps to kiss Bethany, she would probably not get kissed much at all. It's just life. It's life. You got to read. You got to do what's right. It, it's the more you read this, the more, the more it becomes alive the more you begin to see that I must decrease and he must increase, the more you see I am, I am the child of wrath. 
I am the son of thunder, the daughter of thunder. And it might not be thunder. It might be covetousness again. It might be, listen, there is nothing wrong with having nice things, but you can't get so fascinated on all the nice things other people have that it trips you up. It's a downfall. Warn the rich and you say, I'm not rich. Everybody in this room is loaded. If you drove here in a car tonight, you're loaded. If you get to go eat at Taco Bell every now and then, you're loaded. Because 85% of the world is not getting that. He said, warn the rich to be careful of the things of this world. All right, listen, I've gone 30-something minutes. Can you please give me 10 more? I want to obey the Lord. Y'all with me 10 more? It's 15 minutes till 8. We'll beat the, the adult class over here out. So... I love beating them out because I love telling them. I don't know who's teaching. I'll be like, I beat you. Um, Keep reading. So verse 16. Others likewise are sown on the rocky ground and who they, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but have no root in themselves. I want to stick to my notes real quick. Lack of root. Lack of root. Did we skip the stony ground? That is a stony ground, right? Lack of root. negligence we're going to read about two more souls in clothes it's all because of negligence when you read some fell on the stony ground if you look at the actual greek word there it means a bad place of stones it doesn't mean like big a big boulder i think i've even preached it before where you have to dig out the big boulder it means the whole place is shallow and it's unkept and so What I want to talk to you on this one about is all of us, we have to be careful that anything that's in our life that doesn't give us root, you have to focus on the root. Now, I'm I'm talking to certain people. Some of you tonight, your heart was hard and you got to let God dig it up. You got to let him break it up. Some of you have just enough biblical knowledge to be dangerous. You don't, you have no root. You have no root support system. So I put in there, how do you get root? How do people get root in the Bible? Well, the Bible talks about being rooted and grounded in the word, okay? And that's a great scripture. We should be rooted and grounded in the word. Hopefully after this series, I pray that the Holy Spirit makes you understand it is so serious to keep the word of God as a priority. That's one way you get root. Let me tell you another way you get root. Services, hearing sermons, hearing people break down. You, to go deeper and to get to know the Lord more, you should be here when the doors are open. Not because we're counting who's here, who's not here. That was me 20 years ago. I will notice who's not here now, but my heart's different. I notice because I miss them. I didn't notice they're not here. I don't care. It's your choice. It's my choice. And there's sometimes you can't make it. If you can make it, try to be here. Try to be here. Because it's adding to your root. I'm not, I promise you, I'm not saying it because I want a, the numbers. I don't care. I want you to be blessed. you got to get your root here. I see people arguing on Facebook sometimes about scriptures. And I'm like, man, both of the people arguing are both wrong. And they're both completely using scriptures out of context. Now, let me tell you the third thing that the Lord laid on my heart that we got to do. It's your job to disciple you. We don't have enough discipleship in the church. 
Well, I'm glad they didn't tell me that because when I was at Forestdale with Jessica, I had nobody. I was the oldest one in the youth group. I drove them around. There was no discipleship going on, but I grew more then than ever. Why? Because I took it my job. Listen, if you can watch YouTube videos on how to do this and how to do that, and you can listen to all these podcasts on the history of all this stuff, good, keep doing it, okay? But you've got to work some time in your life that you're discipled, that you learn good teachers, that you learn good preachers. You think that I get up here and preach? I've got three times I'm preaching this week. You think that I can just do that by grabbing a scripture? No, I'm always in a state of discipleship. Well, you're the pastor here. No, no, no. I did that way before I was a pastor. It's, it's your job to get your roots deep. Come ask me. I will send you amazing sermons. I listen to him. Listen, if you don't have never heard of Carter Conlon, listen to him. There's a guy named Francis Chan. Listen to him. There's a guy named Robert Morris from Gateway Church. He is amazing. He will disciple you. Listen, I wish I could do a podcast every day and just teach on stuff. I don't get that privilege. And only eight people would listen to it. It's probably the people, and it might not be eight. However many people are in a major position here, I'd make them do it. I'd be like, this is part of the rules. You have to listen to the podcast. I'm just playing. Maybe. You have to disciple you. I had a guy, and I'm not, well, I'm going to get, I had a guy today in my cube tell me this and I was like dude you got to stop because I'm already been wrecked by reading what they did to Jesus and now you're telling me this y'all know Sunday night or Sunday morning I preached on I've covered it in here Matthew where he says depart from me I never knew you and it's not he never knew him it's they didn't have an intimate relationship and it was Sunday morning because I messed that up really bad and I had to save it so anyways but he walked in my cube and he said man I was Roman Catholic and this dude is on fire for God. He said, I was Roman Catholic. And I went to a Highland small group. And they read the scripture to me. And I thought, man, people bash Highlands a whole lot. They're actually inviting people to come to church. I thought, I wonder how many people invited people to come Wednesday. How many people heard me say that about that card? And they know they're not going to invite anybody Friday or Sunday. It's so easy to criticize people doing it. I held that little card up. Y'all just shut it down. I ain't invite nobody. But man, that Hollins is the devil. They're inviting people. And he said, somebody invited me. And I was like, I'm Catholic. I don't know about this. And he heard that scripture. And he said for the first time in his life, he realized he knew of God. He, was, he said, Jonathan, we were faithful Catholics. We, his dad played with Bear Bryant on one of the championship teams. He was like, we were business people, Brandon's like growling at that. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just like, he's like War Eagle. But, and he, so he said, I knew all about God. And he said, I read that scripture and I realized I didn't know God. And I was like, Lord, I want to know about you. And he said, then they introduced me to this movement called the Ramp. And he said, I went from Catholic. It's a Pentecostal. He's like, I don't know if you know 
what Pentecostals are. And I was, I, was, I was like, hey, man, where do you think I pastor? He was like, Assembly of God. I was like, we're Pentecostal. I was like, or we're Pentecostal by name, but whatever. But he, the word got in him and it changed him. And, and he realized, oh, my goodness, I don't have. And what I'm scared of is people are going to hear these sermons at Evangel. And I'm telling you, it's a fear I have. And they're going to hear this stuff and it's going to sound good and it's going to move their heart. And they're not going to realize these are not optional teachings. Like one day, like he said, I'm going to stand before God. He's like, and I'm going to have to answer for everything I did. Like, it doesn't just mean enough that I'm at church. It doesn't just mean enough. I've got to really know him. Like, he's got to be the part of my heart. Like, and why do I say all that? Because every day he gets up and he disciples himself. Every day he gets up and he talks to me about the word that he does. He's got two small kids. He's not sleeping. But he said, I realized the first two weeks my child wasn't born, that, I mean, was born, that I wasn't studying like I should. And I could feel my carnal self coming back. I noticed my temper was coming back. And this guy's the most even kill guy ever. And it's not him. We brag on people. We're all flesh. It's that when I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I that live but Christ that lives in me. You can't let people build you up. Oh, well, you're good at this and you're good at that. It's all dung compared to Jesus. It's all crap is what he's saying. It's garbage and rubble. There's nothing good in me. It takes this. It takes discipleship. If you can watch a YouTube video about something, fine, you watch it. But watch another one on discipline. Well, I heard a sermon Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. How deep do you want your roots? Don't listen to these mamby-pamby guys. Listen to something that will challenge you. I'll give you a guy named Leonard Ravenhill. Read his book. He will tell you in the first chapter of why revival tarries. Prayerlessness is sin. How could he say that? Oh, you didn't read. This says it. How can I sin against God by not praying to him daily? Samuel said it. We, if we don't govern ourselves by this book, we will all make rules of how we will get to heaven. If I could give you any nugget that my granddad has instilled in my life for all these years is this. He says, son, I'm scared that we have list in our minds, everybody, of what it's going to take to get to heaven. And the list has not been done through fear and trembling. Well, I didn't really pray today. Did you just check that off like that's not a big deal? Is God going to beat you with a baseball bat? No, you've missed the love part. Is it sin? Oh, yeah. To know to do good and do it not. But see, now you have to take another scripture before you feel condemned. And you have to say, you're not heard through your much speaking. Prayer is not a lot of talking. It's a lot of connecting. It's just in your morning saying, Lord, I just want to tell you I love you. I'm so busy today. Help my day. I found out he answers that prayer all the time. Lord, I ain't got much time, but I need you to come into my day. Give me a chance to shine. And I pray this prayer, and y'all probably don't. 
don't let me blow it. <laughs> don't let me blow my witness. Don't let me blow it, Lord. Amen. Thorns, and I'm, I'm not even going to go there. Thorns are deceptive because they grow up with the good fruit. So you always tell yourself you've got good fruit, but the thorns have grown up in it, and you don't realize the care and the love of the world is choking it out. It's neglect again. You see carnality coming in your life? I'm scared to even preach on carnality because when I was growing up, we preached on carnal and the, the flesh and being carnal, which is in the Bible, and about the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. I'm scared now, people, when you say carnal, they don't even know what you're talking about. They're like, carnal, is that one of those people that like do the merry-go-round and swallow the swords? No, those are carnies. They're like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, there's the flesh, man, and the spirit, man. And you've got you to let the Holy Spirit take control of your flesh, man. If you walk according to the flesh, you shall die. If you live according to the Spirit, you have life and peace. Who said that? This. We have to let. I'm telling you, thorns are so deceptive in our hearts because we hear the word. We actually have some fruit growing. We've actually been at some discipleship. We've actually got some roots going. And we can say, well, we've got this great fruit in our life. God's using me. And there's these little carnal things that we don't think are big and they're just growing and they're starting to choke out the fruit. All of a sudden, you, how you know you have this? And I'm, I'm going to keep preaching for a second. I feel the Lord. I know if you're tired, shake yourself. I promise if you didn't own the last couple of nights what I had dealt with, you would know how tired I am. Listen to me. Just give me two more minutes. How you know that, that there's something choking you out and it can, it can be anything it's when you no longer want to lift your hands in worship. When you no longer are glad to come to the house of God, but it's a burden. When the house of God is a burden to you, you have thorns in your life. When you are flowing in the Spirit and walking according to the Spirit and yielding to God, the house of God is wonderful. Sometimes we let those thorns, though, Oh, man, we got to go on Wednesday. 85% of the population of the world say, I wish we could get to a church on a Wednesday. I got to go on a Wednesday, man. How do I know y'all say that? Because I did. We're all human. Preachers are the worst people. I get around them, they bellyache more than anybody. I'm one of them. You don't know how bad my members are. You don't know how bad my members are. The preachers talk about y'all. Sure they do. And it's like, man, what, do we really have it bad? People coming to want to worship God? It's not really that bad. Right? Don't go away thinking I talk about y'all. I don't. I do sometimes. But I brag on you a whole lot. People probably don't like seeing me coming because I brag on Evangel. But when you start to feel your desire for God and church and the Bible and prayer going away, the world has come in. There's nothing else you can say about it. It chokes. 
when you stop loving people and looking and making excuses for them, because listen, mercy makes excuses for people. When you stop listening to other people make excuses, something's choking your love out. Yeah, but they've been raised this way. Or man, they had this happen in their life. Or man, this is going in their life. And you know, think about what you were like when you did this. I've seen people, I've seen people criticize and tear down people. One time I was sitting in my office and this person that always tears down people didn't know I happened to have slipped in my office and was sitting there and I heard them talking to somebody else and they were just tearing people down. And they turned around and saw me. And all of a sudden they changed their subject. And I was like, you can't let it get you. You can't lose your love. You can't let it choke you. You got to stay on it. You got to get the weeds out. Everybody stand. We still beat the back out. We're not going to do any music or anything. We're just going to stand. There's four different types of people here tonight. You can be the one you choose. There's the ones that hear this, that study this, that ask God to help them study this, and that take it serious, and they're going to yield 30, 60, and 100 fold. Some of the fold that you can inherit is your families. I'm telling you, I feel that. And then there's some people that are going to have fruit and you've got a good worship and you've got a good root, but you've let little things start to choke you out. The devil is the key of showing you little things, by the way. He about killed me with little things. You have to grow past that. Bethany's laughing. He will show you the littlest, smallest things there are and he will make them dead, dead blame huge. He will. You'll be, you'll be, listen, You'll be so obsessed with small things. I'm telling you, I said it Sunday and God showed it to me. There were people in the audience and some of you are here. Your work is an amazing place that God's blessed. And you've let small little things out of your control that other people do ruin a good job. I felt it. I didn't think of that. It came out of my mouth and I was thinking, Lord, I just heard from you on that. I'm telling you, I've seen it in marriages. They get hung up on one little thing wrong with the other one and they keep building it up and building it up and they tear their marriage apart. Then there's the people that don't get root. Get your root, get discipled. And then there's, then there's the hard people. If you're hard tonight, he's got to break it up. Okay? He's got to get a hold of it. If you have a daddy issue tonight, you have to listen to that sermon. I'll, I'll put it up on my Facebook if you've got Facebook or Instagram or whatever, a link to it. So make, make sure, make sure that you're, 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 get in. But don't just get into the church. Get into this. It'll teach you how to come to church. It'll teach you how to dress. It'll teach you every situation. It'll teach you something that there's no lone rangers. Well, I just go to church, but I don't really fellowship with anybody. The devil's going to pick you off. Because of cord of two is awesome, and then the cord of three is not easily broken. 
One puts a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. Get in. 